This is the Marthama Community Podcast, Episode 3 with O.C. Abraham. Hey everybody, welcome back, and if you're new to the show, it's great to meet you. I'm George, and one of the reasons I launched this podcast was to reconnect with people that I've met through our community, and one of those people is today's guest, Mr. O.C. Abraham. O.C. Uncle is a member of the Martha Church of Philadelphia, and this coming August, he'll be celebrating the 60th anniversary of his arrival here in the United States. As you can imagine, there was a lot to cover, so this episode will actually just be part one of the interview, where we get to hear about what it was like coming to America in 1960, and some of his experiences that followed. In part two, we get to hear about the early days of the Martha community in Philadelphia, and the various mission activities that Osiuncle and Normalanti, his wife, have helped to coordinate over the years, as well as their plans for the near future. And finally, before we start the interview, a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or however you found us, so that you know when new episodes get published. And if you like what you're hearing, please do leave us a review as it helps to promote the show. So thanks again for listening. And now here is part one of my interview with O.C. Abraham. All right, so uh, today I'm with O.C. Abraham. He's a member of the Philadelphia Marthoma Church in Pennsylvania. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, his autobiography. Um, He's coming up on 60 years of having come to uh, America. So we'll talk a little bit about what that journey was like and some things that he's been doing. And also um, some of the projects that he's been involved with with the diocese. And we'll end with his latest project uh, that he hopes to get off the ground uh, in a couple months. So, Osi Uncle, welcome, and thanks for talking with me today. Very good, George. Nice talking to you. Great. It was good to uh, see you. We were on the video call a little bit earlier. It was good to see you after a long time. Um, Just to set the stage, so uh, I think when I moved to uh, the area, first I was in Delaware, uh, and I came to an event in Philadelphia Church. I don't know if you remember Osi Uncle, but that was the first time I really interacted with you. I think I met you some other times, too. Uh, and then soon after that, a couple of years after that, uh, we attended, I attended a mission trip with you to Alabama. Um, so yes, before, at, uh, Mount Vernon. Yep. So uh, we'll, we'll come to that in a little bit. But first, I wanted to uh, let you kind of set the stage uh, and share a little bit about your journey coming here and how you got started here in America. I think it's a great story for our listeners. So I'll leave it to you. Yeah, just to introduce, I was born in a small village called Kavungum Prayer, uh, means land of Arakna trees, uh, that is very dear Thiruvalla, Kerala. Uh, just a background, I studied in uh, Hiruvivar High School and then uh, <coughs> then in uh, Highway for my BSc over there. Before that, I took my intermediate over at uh, Marivanya's College in Pandrum. Later on, I, in 1960, August 26th, I arrived in America after 35 days of traveling from Cochin in a cargo ship crossing Arabian Sea, Red Sea, Suez Canal, Atlantic Ocean. Uh, actually, I was very ecstatic when I saw the Statue of Liberty 
and the scrapers, uh, skyscrapers of New York City at that time. Wow. So, Ozengo, just to uh, interrupt very quick, uh, briefly. So, uh, had you ever been on a, a ship or traveling like that before that experience? This was actually the first time I'm coming in a ship. The, the thing is that in those days, there were no direct flight from America to India. The only way you can come is you have to come to, to England if you can, and maybe from Bombay, few what we call friendship flights, and they were very expensive. Wow. Ship, there were no tra, you know, ship with the, you know, other than cargo ship coming from, uh, even from, maybe from Bombay to Genova in Italy, that was the only I have heard about the people going there, but we had to use a cargo ship, right. and this was the first time. And so you you mentioned uh, in your essay um, that uh, I had a chance to read a while back. So this is pretty much a result of the the Civil Rights Act, right? That had been passed shortly before that. Your ability to come over, is that right? No, no, no. I see the ability to come over was I had a, see there was one two ministers or action from our our. Our Adavada came to America. One was C.G. David Rachin, another Thomas Rachin was the father of the principal of the UC College a few years ago. Mm -hmm. They kind of inspired me. I wanted to come, uh, and I always dream about it. I studied in Allahabad Agriculture Institute after my B.Sc. for uh, uh, <coughs> for a course over there for community development. Mm -hmm. At that time met a chaplain of the that area who was uh, from he was a uh, he was the nephew of uh, bishop jacob over in Cotem csi church so he he was he studied in america and i talked to him about it he helped me to get an admission in dubuque theological seminary a presbyterian seminary uh, you know and i came because of that but again you think at that time it, the, the the expense was $2,500 for the ship. That was almost more than a dowry somebody give it to a girl. My sister never had that much of dowry given it. But <laughs> it, that means at that time, dollar was four, one dollar equals four rupees. Wow. You understand? So $2,500 was almost 10,000 rupees. And that was, it is big amount to come over here. Of course. You know, $2,500 at that time. Wow. Years ago, it was an expensive thing. I was lucky to have my brother-in-law who was in Singapore to help me out. Wow. Anyway, while I was in uh, Cochin, I had all my papers done, and I asked one Jayhin travel agents when, uh, find a booking for me to America any time. And he showed me a ship on the other side and over there and said, that ship is leaving tomorrow at 6 o'clock in the morning. Wow. If you can make it, you, I can get a, a seat over there. And that was the only, you know, only one passenger is allowed in a cargo ship. That's, there is one room there. Oh my goodness! And again, this was almost five o'clock, six o'clock in the evening. To go from Cochin to my home will take about six hours because we had to uh, we had to go through several uh, 
uh, two or three buses change and crossing the river and everything. By the time I reached about 10 o'clock, about 11 o'clock at home, I told my mom, hey, I'm going to go to America. Oh, yeah, what time? In two hours. Wow. <laughs> so I left home about one o'clock yeah. because we needed five hours of car drive. And my father was able to get a friend of his car to come and I used that car. And uh, we left home. And when I came to Cochin, in the ship was almost, you know, they took away this walking, you know, I don't know what that The plank, you know, gangplank. <laughs> uh, they took that away. And then they dropped the rope down. Oh, my to goodness. Meet You're kidding. Walk. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, they, they got my suitcase, one small suitcase, about 30 pounds. Uh-huh. And, the, and they put it in a rope and put it out. So I came in there in the ship. Just that made was it. my first experience. Wow. So it took about 36 days coming through, <clears throat> you know, as I said, you know, in cargo ship mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. from Cochin on a car, uh, crossing Arabian Sea. It was a rough time because it was the, uh, it was the monsoon season. I was. I thought I will die. I will ne- never make home or America because wow. I vomiting for almost six days. No food, nothing. <laughs> anyway, rain came to Red Sea. It was calm. Then Suez Canal, Atlantic Ocean, and and I came to the shore of America on the 26th of uh, August, 1960. So. All right, so that, like you said, 1960, so that makes it uh, going to be 60 years this August. So you talked, you reached um, New York specifically, and your your destination was? Yeah. In Dubuque, Iowa, which is about 1,000 miles away from there. I have, four, in those days, people won't, you know, the India government give you only 30 or 40 dollars as, uh, you know, exchange rate. I got, I had about $40 with me, and I had to use that money to go to, from New York to Dubuque. It cost more than, more than that, more than that money to, in a, in a car or even in a, a Greyhound bus. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and I had one contact in New York, a, a Catholic priest. When I called him, because there was only one telephone in a dormitory at that time, he was not there. It was summertime. Then I have nobody to reach. I have only one telephone, no contact. I'm here with a 30-pound little suitcase. It's a, in those, it was a steel trunk. Over there, standing on the, you know, over the beach, you know, looking, you know, over the, uh, over there, looking over the Statue of Liberty. I don't know what to do. I just prayed, just like Abraham. Hey, you brought me over here. Help me out. I was praying and praying, and then I saw a man going through over there. I was standing on the dock, just pondered how to get to University of Iowa, about 1,000 miles away. There was fear and anxiety, and earnestly I prayed to God a lot. Then I saw mm-hmm. a godsend man coming over. He asked me, hey, are you from India? Yes. And I talked to him in Malayalam because English was not that great at that time. <laughs> anyway, 
he said, I am from Kerala. Oh, I am also from Kerala. Wow. And he was, look, he was looking for his nephew also in that area, supposed to come for that. His name was Dr. Thomas, C.C. Thomas from Rani. He was uh, teaching here in Iowa uh, over here in Kankakee in uh, Nasreen no, no. College. Right. So, yeah, Nasreen College, we had Nasreen Theological Seminary in uh, Kankakee. Mm -hmm. So he was so and so, he met, okay, we are going to Illinois, I will take you there. Wow. See, God sent and said my prayer over there because I was alone, I don't know what to do. Anyway, uh, he, he found his uh, nephew, we came all the way from over to uh, you know, in driving in his car. That was everything God prepared for me. That's all I can say. Sure. So all the way to Illinois and then eventually to Iowa, right? Yeah, I wanted to tell a small funny incident at that time. Okay. We spent a dinner, you know, for dinner, and they gave salad, and the waiters asked me what kind of a salad dressing you want. Okay. Uh, whether I would prefer French, Italian, uh, not knowing what I should say, I said, hey, I don't care whether they have any Indian dressing. <laughs> and and, and every, everybody laughed. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I studied over at uh, Dubuque <laughs> Theological Seminary for my Master's in Divinity. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was for um, three years in, in the seminary, one year in one year in, uh, in uh, what do you call it, working in a church as an intern. I, I worked in Leavenworth, Kansas, in a Presbyterian uh, church over there, and my role was mostly to work as a chaplain to the uh, penitentiary at uh, Leavenworth, and that was a great experience. You know, it's a federal penitentiary. And uh, that's where I worked for while I was there, you know, visiting prisoners and everything, along with uh, working with the young people in the church. That was my internship. Uh, before that, we have every summer time there are internship or kind of a, you, get, you can spend some time in ministerial help, you know. So that was my internship was. One, I asked my mission professor to send me to to the native Indians. At that time, they were called Red Indians because I heard about a lot, and I said I wanted to go and you know and work with these people. Can you give me an opportunity? He arranged for me to go to Oklahoma to uh, with the Native American missionary over there at that time. Mm -hmm. And, and because Presbyterian Church has what they call national missions, you know, so he connected with me a person over there. I went there. That was my second year, 1962. I was working my summer internship in Oklahoma as well as in Arkansas with the Native Indians, Choctaws and Seminoles. Okay, I wanted to tell you, no, anyway, uh, I worked in a camp, you know, with uh, young people for three months over there. This was my most blessed time with the Native Indians. They wow. accepted me, and uh, they asked me, hey, what kind of a, what tribe are you? I said, I'm the real Indian Indian. <laughs> so anyway, so that was my, it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Another time I worked in Philadelphia, 1961, summertime, I spent in Philadelphia with the blacks in the inner city. I was, I was uh, on, during the week I run a vacation Bible school. We started maybe with about five kids. Within one week I had about 50 or 60 kids. Wow. So because, you know, that's where you know, I stayed with the native. It was very near the penitentiary over there in an old church. I stayed over there right. and I worked in the community. So I came to Philadelphia actually in 1961. Okay. During the time. Wow. And so you've been in Philadelphia ever since then, right? No, no, no. I came back in 66, later on to study for my Ph.D. at Temple University ah, okay. in the Department of Religion. It was 66, and at 65 I came back, yeah. 65, okay. Great, so Osi so, Uncle, so from 1965 onwards you were in the Philadelphia? No, I'm, I'm sorry, I came in 67, because <laughs> okay. uh, 64 I graduated from my seminary education. I went to uh, Geneva, with the work council at churches, I worked over there for one year as uh, in the ch- interchurch aid. In between, I took my master's from Chicago in social work. So, and then I went to India, then got married, and then I came in 67, yeah. Hey, it's George, and that was part one of my interview with O.C. Abraham. I hope you enjoyed hearing about his journey and that you'll share some of your reactions with us on social media or by email. I read every response. Uh, My goal is to bring you interviews with people and about topics that you want to hear. So please take a minute and let me know what you're thinking. Everything you need is at MarthaMyCommunityPodcast.com. So check it out. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you. And in the meantime, I encourage you to continue on to part two of my interview with Osi Uncle, which you'll find in episode four. So thanks again.